Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. I'm at home, aren't I? What do they say? Home is where your Encompass family is. So whether I'm at Doreen or whether I'm at Bandura, whether I'm at Craigieburn, I'm at home. You know, I had the privilege of being at Craigieburn. Oh, I forgot to say, Doreen, say hello, you know. And everyone at Craigieburn is doing really well. God's doing amazing things in that campus. We just want to thank you for praying for us. You know, we really feel your prayers. They're so appreciated. But I want to take, before I get into the word, I want to take this opportunity to thank our senior pastors. One's over here, one's over here. Thank you, Pastor Jason, and thank you, Pastor Alyssa. Aren't they incredible leaders? You know, (laughs) I just want to personally thank you for the way you love us, the way you love my family, but the way you love God the way you love the church and the way you're leading us into this exciting new season. Who's excited? Yeah, Yeah, by what God's doing here. Are we ready for the word today? Good, because I am. Today, I've titled my message, Meet Me at the Well. Can we say that? Meet me at the well. God, he's so good. Meet me at the well. You know, I... It's a story about the Samaritan, the good, sorry, not the good Samaritan, the Samaritan woman. Who's read it before? Yeah, Yeah? it's a well-known story. If you haven't read it, it's okay. We're going to go through it today. But as is my normal practice before reading the word, you know, you guys do this, I'm sure. You pray. You go, God, as I'm reading the word today, speak to me. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. And in that moment, when I was reading the word recently, I was reminded of when I first read this story as a teenager. And I remember reading it. It came so vivid, this memory, thinking, God, this woman really needed Jesus. You know, I remember reading it thinking, who has five husbands? Like, I can barely cope with one. (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) It's all good. Um, But who has five husbands? And she was known as an adulterous woman. But you know, in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper and say, Jana, you're no different to her. Like what? Like seriously, God. I was like subtly offended, you know. Does that ever happen to you or just to me? Just to me, obviously judging by the silence in the room. (laughs) You know, I was like, God, what do you mean? Isn't it funny how sometimes we can look at other people and think they need Jesus more than we do? Or sometimes we can look at other people's sin and what it does is it minimises our own. I've been guilty of that. You know, sometimes... We become familiar, don't we? We become familiar with God's word. We can't become familiar with his presence. 
we become familiar with coming to church. That's what we do on a Sunday. But I believe today God wants to break us out of the familiar and he wants to do something fresh in us. Are you with me? This is a good time to pray. Dear God, we just thank you, God, for your word that changes life. Lord, that we would leave here different to the way we've entered, Lord God. God, I pray, break us out of apathy, God. Do something new in us, I pray, in Jesus' name. You know, today God wants to interrupt us. Turn to the person next to you and say, God wants to interrupt you. Beautiful. The text today is in John 4, and we're going to start reading from verse 4. Now, our custom at Doreen is if there's an underlined scripture, you read it. We do that so our people don't fall asleep. <laughs> Not really. We do that because we want to emphasize the word of God. Okay, so let's read in John 4 4. Now, he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Let me give you a little bit of context. Jesus had just been ministering with his disciples and the word says he had to go there. The disciples thought this was really strange because the Samaritans and the Jews, they don't mix. And nor do Jewish men speak to Samaritan women. But I believe that nothing that our Jesus does is by accident. He is intentional and he's going to be intentional with us today as well. So we pick it up in verse 5. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Now, going to the well was normal in those days because they didn't have running water like we do from a tap, yeah. right? The well was like us going to the shops. It was a meeting place. It was where people would gather. Yeah? So that's where she was. This is where we're going to meet our woman in a moment. Then it says in verse 7, when a Samaritan woman, here she is, she came to draw water and Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? I want us to pause and think about this woman for a moment. If you haven't read the story, this woman, she had a reputation. She was known for her many bad relationships. I'm sure people would have been talking about her. You know, she would have felt like she had no future. She would have felt like she had no hope. She would have felt a lot of shame. She would have had a lot of pain within her. She knew, and this is what makes me really sad about this woman, she knew that she was an outcast. She didn't need anyone to tell her what she'd done wrong. She knew who she was. She knew what she'd done. And that's why she planned her day to go to the well at noon, the hottest part of the day. Do you know why? Because no one was there at that time because she wanted to avoid people. She didn't want to meet with people. She wanted to hide away. You know, she didn't know what was going to happen to her that day. She didn't expect that Jesus was about to interrupt her life and her life was going to be changed forever. 
I love that. You know, Jesus loves us that much that he would choose to interrupt us in the state that we're in. You know, our Jesus, our beautiful Jesus, he looked beyond her social class. He looked beyond her race. He looked beyond her religion. He looked beyond her gender. And you know what he saw? He saw a lost soul. That's what he saw. Do we see that when we look at people? He saw a lost soul and he extended grace to her. You know, today, Jesus wants to interrupt your life. The same way he interrupted the the life of that Samaritan woman. He wants you to meet him at the well the same way he met her at the well. Now, I'm going to go through a few points. I know most people have three, but I'm four. I've got four because I'm a bit special today. (laughs) I want to talk about what Jesus does when he seeks to interrupt us. Turn to the person next to you and say again, Jesus wants to interrupt us. Do you believe it? Good. You know, my first point is Jesus will interrupt you when you least expect him to. And he'll interrupt you. This is so much bigger than Doreen. I've got to sort of go here and then go back over here. (laughs) He interrupts us when we are in a pit and when we need him the most. You know, Jesus wants you to know today that you're not too far gone. You know, he doesn't ride people off like we do. Or is that just me that rides people off? Let me tell you a story about riding someone off. I'm not proud of this, okay? But there was a lady... And she will, rename, she will remain nameless because this will go online and she might watch it, okay? She offended my husband, Mark. Now, everyone knows that you can offend me, you can upset me and I'm forgiving and generally I'm loving and I think the best of people, but don't touch Mark, okay? Don't touch Mark. And what happened in this scenario is that it was like, Evil Janna, I don't know, came like from down here and sort of crept up all over me and I couldn't stand this woman. Like seriously, I thought, she's evil. And I remember I was so upset once that I said to God, you know what, God, you can use someone else to show her the love of Jesus because it's not going to be me. Yes, sorry, wow. I know, don't be shocked, it's all good now. But we ride people off. But God doesn't. He's forgiving. He's loving. He's accepting. And he's patient with us. You know, he has a purpose for each of us. He will meet you where you are at in your current state. You know, I remember when Jesus interrupted my life, I was lost. (laughs) I have to do this without crying. He's such a good God. I remember 
never forget when God saved you, ever. It was such a special time. But he interrupted my life. I was broke. And I needed him. I remember feeling alone. Even when there were people in the room, you know, I remember thinking thoughts that I wasn't proud of. I remember doing things that weren't pleasing to God. But you know what? God used someone. He used a young adult. They brought the well to me. They told me about Jesus and my life. It was transformed forever. I left the well different and he placed a joy and a peace inside of me that I can't shake. (laughs) I just can't shake. And I love that God did that for me. See, God showed me that I had a void just like this woman did. Who was I to have judged her? Let's not forget how much we need Jesus. You know, he grabbed a hold of my life. You know, sometimes we don't realise how much we need God. We go searching. We've got like this discontentment inside of us and we don't know what it is. Like we've got FOMO sometimes, fear of missing out on things, but we don't even know what we're missing out on. And we chase things, like we chase money, we chase careers, we, take, we chase possessions, you know, we've got to have the latest. We chase prestige. You know what, guys, none of this is bad. Those things aren't bad. But when we put them before God, what happens is a discontentment rises in us. And we forget that we need Jesus. Only God can satisfy that discontentment. You know, sometimes we're stuck in our mess. We become victims of our circumstance. And like sometimes our misfortune, it becomes our excuse. It's like this is just the way I am. You know what? God wants to shake you out of that today. He wants to break you out of the familiar and he wants to interrupt that cycle. Yeah. He's always there waiting for us, just like he was sitting at the well waiting for this woman to come by. He's not scared of our mess. This account shows us that he shows up when we least expect it. Let's go back to the word in verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, Jesus is trying to give her a glimpse of who he is, but she still doesn't get it at this point. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. She'd be like, where's your bucket? You know, how are you going to get this water? Because she was thinking of natural water. But Jesus was offering her something spiritual. And we're going to go that into a minute, into a moment. You know what I love about this woman? Because in verse 12, we're not going to read it, but she starts talking about religion. Oh, they worship the, you know, they worship God here on that mountain. They worship God there. Like, she's got a bit of fight in her, even though her life's a mess. But you know what I love about Jesus? Because I think if it was me, I'd be like, hey, do you know who you're talking to? (laughs) Jesus didn't go, do you know who I am? 
I'm Jesus. He didn't do that. He focused on what was important. He focused on her. What a good God we serve. You know, she was curious about him. Are we curious about him? Or have we just become familiar with God? You know, apathy, guys, it's a killer. There has to be something in us that says, God, I expect you to show up today. We have to have an expectancy inside of us as Christians. And this leads me to my next point. Number two, stay with Jesus and he will fill your void. She stayed at the well. She was curious about him. And we see in verse 13, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up in of it, um, sorry, welling up to eternal life. See, the thirst that he's talking about, it isn't a natural thirst. He's talking about the presence of God. He's talking about receiving eternal life. He's talking about a thirst that can only be satisfied by Jesus. You know, Jesus is the living water that we need. He is the living water that we need. We need to come to the well and accept what he's got for us. We need to continue to trust in him and have faith in him so our lives don't run dry. You know, in Galatians, the Bible tells us, that he is the unending source of peace, joy, love, self-control, truth, hope, and satisfaction. That's what living water looks like. And that's what we get when we go to the well. You know, he explains it later in John. Anyone who believes in me may come to drink. Anyone. 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 That means everyone that believes in him. And come and drink, for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet come, had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet returned into his glory. See, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. And we know that when we accept Jesus into our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. So don't walk around going, I haven't got the Holy Spirit yet. People do that sometimes. You know, the Holy Spirit comes in and he dwells inside of you and he fills you continuously as you abide in him. But you have to stay connected. The same way we charge our mobile phones into a wall so that they work, right? We have to stay connected to the power source. My husband, who's a rev head, is always telling me to put fuel in the car because he knows that if we don't put fuel in the car, the car's not going anywhere. But yet sometimes we expect to operate in our Christian life without filling ourselves with the Word of God, without filling ourselves with His presence. We have to stay connected. That's how we get the living water. You know... (laughs) It just made me think. It says here, rivers of living water. Made me think of my own life. What do I have flowing out of me? Do I have a dripping tap? Or do I have 
water gushing out of me? Am I showing the love of Christ? What do people see when they look at my life? What do people hear when they hear me speak? Do I reflect Jesus? You know, newsflash, Jesus isn't walking around town at the moment like he was with the Samaritan woman. But we are. And he's placed his Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit, he wants us to, he, he draws us to God. He shows us who God is. But he also wants others to know who God is. So we need to come to the well. You know, in verse 15, it says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw water. I can just imagine her life, her thinking, can you just give me what you're talking about? Because I don't want to come here anymore. I'm sick of living like this. I'm sick of this pain. I'm sick of hiding. I'm sick of the shame, you know. She was looking to satisfy a physical need, but Jesus was going to give her living water. You know, if we come to the well and allow ourselves to be interrupted by Jesus, he will fill that void and give us this living water. You know, but when we don't go to the well, we actually fall back into familiarity and we slowly drift back into sin. And that might be you today. Maybe you've drifted back into familiarity and into sin You know, Jesus wants to interrupt you and he wants to do something fresh in your life. You know, my third point is that Jesus wasn't surprised by her sin. He wasn't shocked like we are when people say something that they've done. Jesus wasn't shocked by her. You know, it says um, in verse 16, he told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. You see, Jesus wasn't shocked by her sin. He wasn't shocked by her questions. He just wanted to meet her in her current state. He wanted to show her that he was the answer to her pain that he could exchange her sin for living water. You know, he wanted her to repent. And we're going to see what happens next. In 1 John, though, 8 to 10, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You know, this lady, she still didn't get that she was talking to Jesus at this point. You know, sometimes it takes a while for our spiritual eyes to be open, doesn't it? You know, and I pray that our spiritual eyes are open today. You know, in Ephesians 4.18, it says, it is only in Jesus that we will be saved for our sins and be made new in Christ. Back to the story. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to me. And then Jesus... He says, I, the one speaking to you, am he. And bang, in that moment, 
her spiritual eyes were opened. She repents of her sin. She accepts Jesus into her life and her life is transformed forever, forever. She receives living water. And this is my favourite point. Point number four, Jesus rewrote her story. Turn to the person next to you because I like interaction and tell them Jesus can rewrite our story. Love that. You know, Jesus says to her, go sin no more. She left the well different to the way she came. You know, it says, oh, this is such a good verse, verse 28. It says, leaving the water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people. You know, in some versions it says she ran to the town. She ran to the town. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Scholars say that many, many people came to Jesus because of this woman's testimony. But you know what I love? That she went there for water with her little bucket or a little jar. But she leaves the bucket empty. But she leaves the well full. Full. She received what God had intended for her. But she didn't only leave full, she left overflowing. It was like something, you know when a little kid runs up to you and they're like, mommy, 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 because they need to tell you something. They're busting. That's how she left the well. She was busting to tell people about Jesus. Do you know why? Because she received joy and she received peace and she received freedom and all her bondages were broken. You know, that's what she received at the well. And I was challenged by this because I thought, how did I leave the well? Do I tell people about Jesus? Do I tell people about how he changed my life? You know, do I share with them how I'm not the same person and how every day I've got someone that I can go to? someone that loves me, someone that I trust? Do I share that with people? You know, she, Jesus rewrote her story and she became an influencer. Young people would know what an influencer is. You know, people in marketing, they actually hire influencers because say they want to, I don't know, they want to market Nike or Elite 11 or I don't know, some other brand, they get a person who someone's going to follow, right? And they basically promote the brand. She became a Jesus influencer. Jesus was her brand. What if we became Jesus influencers? Like the Samaritan woman. What if when people encountered us, We wouldn't just be decked out in Nike or Adidas or I don't know, whatever else you like to wear, but that people would walk away from you and go, they've got Jesus all over them. What if we became that type of influencer? You know, I was so challenged, (laughs) so challenged to share Jesus. I'm just very conscious of the time. You know, we're called to go to the well. 
but that we're also called to be that well for others. Where's your meeting place? Guys, where's your meeting place during the week? Is it work? Is it uni? Is it kinder drop-off? Is it the supermarket? Is it the nursing home? I don't know where your meeting place is, but Jesus calls us to bring the well there to the people that we meet. You know, sometimes we complicate sharing the gospel, don't we? It's like, I can't do that. Oh, my gosh, I don't do that. I'm not like that person. I'm not an evangelist, you know. We're called to share what Jesus has done in our life with others. You know, back then, when people went to the well, they didn't only go for themselves. They went for their families, for their friends, and they brought that water back. That's what we're called to do with others in our lives. You know, we're going to have to just look at some really quick points. When we come to the well, Jesus gives us the tools to share the gospel. It actually isn't hard. And he shows us how we did it through this passage. Number one, he made time for her. Do we make time for people? Number two, he didn't argue with her. He didn't go, you're a Samaritan, I'm a Jew, you're a man, I'm a woman. didn't do any of that. He didn't look at the exterior. He looked beyond everything, gender, religion, race, everything. We can get so caught up in the way people look that we forget that there's a soul in there that needs Jesus. You know, he looked for the good in her. What if we walked around believing that everyone was made in God's image? (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? Guess what? They are. Everyone's made in his image and there's good inside of them. What if we treated people like that? Maybe we'd stop to talk to them about Jesus. You know, he gave her a testimony. Who feels disqualified sometimes to share Jesus? Be honest. Yeah, or is it just me? But sometimes I feel like, God, you're going to use someone else, someone who's more qualified, someone like Pastor Anthony that knows all the theology, you know, he can explain all every verse. And if someone asks me a question, I'm going to have the answer to it. Do you know we're not disqualified? We've got a testimony. And that testimony is proof that Jesus is real. So if you don't have everything else, start with that. Start with that. You know, he placed value on her. He accepted her. And he spoke about everyday things. Water. He spoke about water. Let's not be those weird Christians. Oh, praise the Lord. Jesus, I felt the Spirit come upon me. You know, people don't get that. Be normal. Be normal. When you take the well to your meeting places, just speak about normal things. You know? Speak about normal things. Relate to people. Oh, my three-year-old used to do that. And then you start a conversation. And then you start sharing your life. It doesn't have to be weird. Yeah? He spoke about... Everyday things. Isn't he a great teacher, our Jesus? How he shows us through this passage. 
And he spoke without judgment. He didn't go to her, I know you. You're the adulterous woman. He didn't do that. He just revealed himself to her in a beautiful way. You know, and he rewrote her story. You can lead Jesus. You can lead someone to Jesus anywhere, anytime. doesn't have to be in church. Don't get me wrong. It's great when we accept Jesus in church and we're going to have that opportunity soon. But what I'm saying is you can help rewrite someone's story anywhere you are. Yeah? Turn to someone and say, Jesus wants to interrupt us. Ask them, where's your well? Mm, That's a conversation we can have later. What would happen, church, if we prayed those uncomfortable prayers? I was challenged a few years ago to pray. I call them my crazy, uncomfortable prayers. And yes, I am that person that wakes up in the morning and I'm like, Jesus, I want divine encounters today. Jesus, use me today for your glory. God, I step aside. God, use me, Lord. What if we would pray crazy prayers? I'll tell you recently, my family was in Thailand. I wasn't at the missions trip, though. I was on a holiday. (laughs) um, So we were doing a tour. Um, The only tour we did, we were going to James Bond Island. And um, so it was my husband, Mark, and my three kids, um, two adults, one kid. And um, we get onto this bus. And so there's a tour guide, gorgeous tour guide. He spoke English, French, and German. He was unreal. And um, he welcomes us on and we get on the bus and, you know, you know, our family, we're a little bit too friendly. And we're like, hi, you know, and the people at the front just put their heads down like this. They did not want to engage us, Right. Anyway, and then he says, oh, we're just going to pick up another, another couple. So we get to this hotel and this um, gorgeous African, oh, she was stunning woman and her son, they hop onto the bus. Now, the two people at the front, they weren't engaging or talking at all. My kids were like, oh, you woke us up early. How long is it going to take to get there? Right? They weren't in the mood. And then there was Mark and me. And this lady that gets on the bus, and she got on like this. You know, with, you know those people that you know they're in the room? She came in like a wrecking ball. That's how she came in. And I'm like, dear Jesus, right? Like, oh, it's too early for this. And she started. She just wouldn't shut up. She just started talking. She was complaining. Oh, the stupid hotel and they did this and they did that. And everyone's, you know what everyone did? They all got their headphones and stuck them in their ears and they looked down at their phones. And who was left? Me, sitting next to her. And in that moment, I remembered my prayer. God, divine encounters, Lord. You know, help me, Lord, to share. And in that moment, was reminded, I thought to myself, honestly, this is what went through my head. I thought, she's an African woman who grew up in France, who's in Thailand, in a bus next to me. This could not be a coincidence. So I started praying, God, why am I here? 
why is she here? And she starts, you know, I'm like, God, not out loud here like a weirdo, like in my head. I'm like, God, use me, Lord, use me. And she starts sharing her life story. You know, she's, I'm not going to share it, obviously, but she's like, I started seeing shrink. And, you know, you know, like, what do you do? What do you do when you're like that? This is what she asked me. When you're broken inside, they're the words she used. And I started to tell her what I do. I told her about Jesus. I didn't lead her to the Lord. Nothing amazing happened that day. But you know what? I was normal. I sowed a seed. And as she stopped, you know, she stepped off the bus at the end of the day. I said, God, will you water that seed? Will you bring someone along her life that knows you, God, and water that seed? And may it grow that she one day knows you, Lord. You know, guys, we just have to share our lives with people. You're not always going to be the person that leads them to Christ. But let's be that link in the chain that leads them to Christ, yeah? I love that. You know, I love that God can use us. Can I get everyone to stand, please? I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something here today. Can I ask that you close your eyes? happen if we chose to come to the well and sit in his presence today God wants to exchange that void with living water and I know it's tough I know the Holy Spirit has brought things to mind to you things that have kept you from being close to the well circumstances that have led you away from the well but Jesus wants to remind you that he came for you He's not surprised by you and he wants to interrupt you today. You know, someone here needs to know that sin no longer has a hold on you. You know, today, if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to know him. If that is you and you want to exchange your sin, your old life, your pain, but joy, I ask that you raise your hand right now. It would be my privilege to pray for you this morning. I can see those hands. Praise God. We're going to pray. We're going to pray together. So repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you for loving me today. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I choose to make you Lord of my life. And I choose to be interrupted by you today. Fill my void with living water. I pray 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Give those people a round of applause. You know, the Bible says that there is a celebration in heaven. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.